All right, welcome back, everybody, to the Game Shop Podcast. Monday, March 20th, and we got a very special guest joining us today. Uh, starting shortstop for the Timberline Wolves, uh, going to college to play baseball at NNU, uh, is Mr. Carter Walsh. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on today. Dude, I'm so excited for this. We're actually not going to talk any baseball. Uh, maybe maybe a little bit at the end. Who knows? But Carter is 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 like me. He's a huge sports nerd. Uh, and, and at baseball practice, we were just talking about March Madness. And I was like, dude, you got to come on the podcast and talk some ball. So uh, we're going to be, we're doing, what'd you call it, a second chance bracket? Yeah. yeah. So ESPN does this thing um, after the first two rounds of March Madness, they kind of give you a second chance because absolutely nobody has right. a chance for the first two rounds. And it's basically filling out a bracket from the Sweet 16 on. Nice. So we got uh, our sweets, our second chance brackets in front of us. We got the Sweet 16 filled out, uh, and we're just gonna go through them and kind of, kind of give our picks for the rest of the way. Uh, actually, let me see. If you, if you go, if you were a part of the uh, game chat bracket pool and you go on there right now, and yeah, I believe Mr. Carter is is tied for first. That's pretty impressive, man. Yeah, I I filled out quite a few brackets. Uh, not all of them did no, anywhere no. near as good as that one. I think that's actually my best one. Um, yeah, it's what 98th percentile I'm seeing. That's pretty solid. Yeah, pretty I'm, solid. I'm feeling good. You've got, let's see, seven out of the seven out of your eight elite eight is still in there. Yeah, uh, all of your final four, your champion obviously is is still there. You had, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten of the Sweet Sixteen. That's pretty good compared to how everyone else did. That's insane. It's it's a lot of just luck. <laughs> <laughs> like you can pick as many good teams as you want, and they'll always let you down. So I'm I'm fortunate to have been this good so far this year. For sure, for sure. All right, let's get into the the Sweet Sixteen. Uh, second chance. So. Um, let's start, we'll start in the South region. I always start whenever I fill out a bracket or, uh, like look at a bracket. I always have to start top left. I don't oh, know yeah. about you. Okay. Totally. Good. Yeah. I figured we were on the same page there, but I just had to make sure. So we'll start in the South. Um, interesting that they're playing the South region in Louisville. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't know how I feel about that, but, uh, all right. Number, this is one of the few chalky, uh, matchups, I guess not, not region definitely, but chalky matchups. You have Number one seed, number one overall seed, Alabama, playing San Diego State, the only team out of the Mountain West to to win a game. Uh, yeah. Finally, we get a Mountain West team that wins a game. But uh, San Diego State, Alabama, uh, what do you got on on these two teams? This is a game of you know two opposite teams, right? Alabama is a very fast paced, go 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 team, shoot a lot of threes, score a lot, and San Diego State is very defensive style. They're very good at um, defense as i said uh, very slow on offense um instead of just having these one star players they have multiple players average you know double digits kind of spread the ball around um so i think it's going to be a very interesting game for the most part i think alabama dominates this game yeah um mountain west can only have so much luck this year yeah, for uh, real. and san diego state stepped up but alabama i mean they shot under 40% from the two-point range and under 30% from three-point against Maryland, and they won by 22. Yeah, that's that's unreal. <laughs> that's unreal. I'm looking. They scored they, they score 82 points per game in the regular season, over 10 threes a game. They obviously have Brandon Miller, who's like – he's definitely the best player left in this tournament. Oh, yeah. Uh, might be the best player in the country. Uh, 
Yeah, and like you said, that that's I didn't I didn't know that they shot that poorly against Maryland. That it that does not bode well for San Diego State, who kind of wants to play that similar game. I mean, that's a miracle if they hold them to that, much less even worse yeah, exactly. than how they performed against Maryland. So um yeah, I mean I've watched a fair amount of San Diego State just being a Boise State grad, like that's definitely our biggest rival and it's weird rooting for them in March because you want the Mountain West at least to look decent. Uh, you know, Matt Bradley is kind of their their go-to player, and he's not an NBA player. Not he's all. he's not definitely all. a college guy, college scorer, and um, yeah, I, I think this is probably where the where it runs out for San Diego State. Yeah, I, I think they could keep it close in the first half. I mean, Alabama. They've, they've kept two games um, against Corpus Christi. I mean, they shot lights right. out, so it wasn't close. Um, but Maryland kept it close for a while. Uh, I don't see this being anywhere closer than a 10-point ball game. Like, it's going to be Alabama by 10 to 15. Yeah. All right, well, I'm on board with you there. Uh, I got Bama moving on to, to the Elite Eight. Uh, they were by far uh, the most common champion in, in ESPN pools. I think I saw a stat like... 20 percent yeah 20 25 percent it's crazy yeah that's that's unreal that's that's pretty heavy favorites right yeah. there so all right I, i'm gonna pick Bama to move on i think you are too as well yeah uh now the bottom half of this region this is a little this is a little uh crazier of a matchup i saw somewhere today this is the first six versus 15 matchup ever really wow because yeah, we've only had uh st peter's is the only 15 seed to win their second game ever oh I or maybe I, florida gulf Coast. yeah, Coast. FGCU, yes. yeah. but they both played three seeds mm-hmm. uh so we've never had a three or a 15 versus six okay so we get creighton versus princeton oh, man <laughs> everyone that picked creighton i think did did we both i know you had a bracket where you had creighton going pretty far right in the bracket actually in the game check yeah. group i have them going to the final <laughs> well there you go so this is uh this is a big one so yeah, I mean, this looks pretty good now for, for, for Creighton. So Creighton, Princeton. Um, man, I'm not going to lie. I don't know anything about this Princeton team. I don't either. Okay, good. <laughs> no, they're probably really smart. Um, yeah, I that's, do true. Know, that's true. That's true. Definitely... I do know they they slow down the pace quite a bit. Uh-huh. Um, they're a very slow team. Uh, but kind of being like you know an Ivy League school, they're disciplined, right? They, they really hold the other teams to a slow pace. Missouri really couldn't hang with that. Arizona obviously couldn't either. Um, that being said, I I couldn't name one player on this Princeton team. Yeah, uh, I'm with you there. Uh, I'm, I'm just reading kind of a little blurb about them right now. It says they, they held Arizona to 27 points below their season average. Missouri 16 points below their season average. Sounds like they rebound pretty well, Princeton does, so... I don't know. <laughs> I don't know a ton about them. Yeah, I, I'm honestly not going to even focus about Princeton and, and this. I love Creighton. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, they were a preseason top 10 AP choice. Um, definitely had some ups and downs here and there throughout this season. But so far this tournament, they've had two 30-point performances by two different players. Um, Nebhard, the younger brother of and- Andrew, Andrew Nebhard. Yeah, 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 I think his name's Ryan Nebhard now. Um, he just put up 30 against um baylor yeah and that was a great game uh, yeah they came out just lights out lights in that out. game that was yeah. crazy they they got ahead and stayed ahead and then uh kalkbrenner i might be totally fudging that i think name. that's i think that's it yeah. yeah he he dropped 30 against i don't even know who nc state 
Um, and even in that first game, like he dropped 31. He's their big man, their center. Uh, Creighton shot three of 20 from the three point line and still won. And for a six 11 game, that's a tough thing to do. Like 11 seeds are notoriously, you know, known for upsets and to still win that game by like nine points is, is big. Yeah, for sure. And they also have, um, I really like Baylor Shireman. Uh, he's, he's like one of my favorite. I think that's, is it yeah. Shireman? The lefty you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's yeah. awesome. Uh, they have they have a really fun team. I also thought, like, full disclosure, when I first saw Creighton, I think I saw him play like a couple times in the regular season, just on TV, and I thought Nemhard was the older. I thought I he thought transferred. He was too, yeah. yeah, they look identical Seriously. when they're out there playing. Play a lot, yeah, similar to yeah. And then I saw something about him, uh, like Andrew Nemhard. I think he's on the Pacers. Pacers, yeah. And <laughs> so I saw that. And I was like, all right, this has got to be the brother because he's definitely on the Pacers now. Yeah. Um, yeah, they they they've got it. They've looked really good. Uh, obviously, you know, scoring eighty five points against Baylor, who's historically been a pretty good defensive team, uh, is a good sign. And yeah, yeah, they look uh, they look pretty good. That that championship run that you have them going on doesn't look so far fetched now. Yeah, I, it was definitely far fetched when I first put it in, um, but. I feel a lot more confident with that pick as as I go forward. Yeah, so. I, I agree. Okay, so we both have Bama and Creighton. Let's come back to it. Let's go through all the Sweet 16 matchups first, then come back and do our Elite Eight. Yeah. I don't know. That's how I usually fill out my bracket. Same okay, here. cool, yeah. cool, cool. Uh, do you go Do you go from the south to the midwest? Do you go cross or do you go down? Uh, that's a good question. Uh Usually in the in the app, it's just like straight down. Yeah. Okay, so. then let's go down. Okay. So we go to the east, uh, New York City, Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. These these matchups are interesting. Uh, I'm pretty sure these are, th- yeah, Thursday night. Um, let's start at the top. Nine seed Florida Atlantic versus the four seed Tennessee Volunteers. This is interesting to me because obviously Florida or Purdue loses. Yeah. Uh, to the 16 seed a lot of people i feel like when they filled out their brackets didn't have purdue going far and i know a lot of people had them losing in that second round but a lot of people had them losing to memphis sweet 16 yeah. not a lot of people had them losing to florida atlantic yeah so i think it's a little bit of a surprise that florida atlantic's here did you watch their game at all last night i believe was that them last night yeah they Against played fdu, FDU yeah I did, um, and it's safe to say I wasn't super impressed. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, Florida Atlantic, you know, props to them for making the Sweet 16, nine seed. Obviously, that's an accomplishment in and of itself, but I, I think if there is a certain luck factor associated with March Madness, and if there's been a lucky team this year, it's been Florida Atlantic. Yeah. I feel like they got outplayed by Memphis for 35 minutes, and then the last five minutes, like Memphis – I mean, they had guys shoving each other. They had yeah. guys, like their best player. He he got hurt, and then he wasn't hurt, and then he was shoving teammates. Like that was kind of more of like an infighting, and they fell apart from the inside out. Um, and then getting to play a 16 right. seed the the second round. I mean, if there's an easy matchup anywhere, it's there. So, I mean, as much as they they deserve to be in the Sweet 16, um, I feel like Tennessee is a much more well-rounded team. Um, Tennessee has four guys over six six in their starting lineup, and FAU is small. They have their big, big man center, but I, I don't see Florida Atlantic keeping up this game. Yeah, that's. I mean, that you, you brought up a great point. Like, you're not going to get an easier second round matchup <laughs> than Florida yeah. Atlantic got. So I don't know how much 
And and that man, that game was close last night. It was back and forth was, for a long yeah. time. Uh, that uh, Davis on Florida Atlantic is a dog. So he is, good. He is He's very. Really he, he was very fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, man, Tennessee. Just I. My only problem with them, I, I think I'm going to pick Tennessee just because. You're right. It's Florida Atlantic. They haven't looked good anyways, but Tennessee just doesn't impress me a ton either. They're kind mm-hmm. of that boring defensive team. Uh, they lost Zakai Ziegler. I, I don't know many players in college basketball this year, but Ziegler is one that I do remember. And yeah. I know he's out for the season mm-hmm. for Tennessee. And yeah, it just, it looks like they'll, I mean, unless FAU, I'm, I'm, I'm reading this thing that they've got a, they, they shoot the ball really well. FAU does in uh, three point percentage and volume, but it looks like Tennessee's probably just gonna be able to slow this game down and grind another win out. Definitely, and and just to show how poorly uh, FAU has shot so far this tournament um, against teams. I mean, they they played a tough defensive team in Memphis. Right. Um, FDU obviously was just had the 16 seed motivation tobin anderson you know props to him uh, i was really rooting for that guy, me too honestly. i loved that guy that was it, awesome it was it was tough to see them go um but i mean tennessee's just a different level of skill like they're a different juggernaut and as much as they are missing ziegler um what they did against duke really impressed me yeah i and about 50 50 you know i was kind of a 50 50 guy between duke and tennessee like i had no idea how that game was going to go they perfectly executed. I mean, they won that game by what, like thirteen or something yeah. like that. And that they they're two very even teams in my opinion. So um, as as much as they're not going to have that perfect execution anymore against the team against Florida Atlantic, you don't have to be perfect. You yeah. just have to shut down the three point line, and then you're set. I mean, I've seen their center Florida Atlantic right, center miss right. like at least three layups. A yeah, seriously, right there. So <laughs> I mean, yeah, three layups won't make that much of a difference. But I I see Tennessee running away with this one. All right, uh, I'm with I'm on Tennessee as well. The second matchup in this East region is the number three Kansas State Wildcats and the number seven Michigan State Spartans. Michigan State, uh, they knocked off. I I had Mar- Marquette winning uh, in my main bracket, which is very unfortunate. I don't really know why I was on Marquette so much, but they were good. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but Mr. March, Tom Izzo. Uh, leads leads his team uh they've they, they've got kind of the blueprint they've got you know the the guard and tyson walker has played incredible this mm-hmm. march yeah. and then joey hauser's kind of the veteran sharpshooter and yeah they've they've looked really really good they have their, their first two games they looked really scary against marquette um but kansas state man yeah i, I just shout out marquise noel for that real dude. that guy played insane is ridiculous i like i think he single-handedly took over that kentucky game um smallest man on the court but he plays like he is 710 for like, real it is ridiculous he is absolutely fearless uh he about had a double double in the round of 32 dropped 17 and 14 in his first game 27 and 9 in his second he's 90 percent free throw shooter um just watching that guy work is is incredible yeah um and michigan state i mean Props to them too. Tom Izzo, Mr. March, as you said, like I think I read somewhere it's like their fifteenth sweet sweet sixteen. That guy's insane. He's that guy's ridiculous. Insane. It's it's gonna be tough. Um, you know, first year coach versus experienced vet. Um, at the end of the day though, I think it comes down to the talent that people have on the floor. Tom Izzo has been really fortunate to have a lot of good players and Tyson Walker, as you mentioned, I think he's great. Um 
But Izzo, yeah, as much as he shut down Tyler Kolek in the round of 32, I don't think he can shut down both Noel and Keontae Johnson in this next round. I, I really like this Kansas State team just because of the grit they have. Mm. I mean, they face guys like o- Oscar Toshibue. Um, even Montana State, they had some bigs that were worth yeah. at least watching. Yeah. Um, and they've shut him down so far. So as, as much as Toshibue had a good game, Noel and Johnson, they scored late. They performed when they needed to. Um, I, I don't know how many points exactly, but toward the end of that game, it was literally just those two guys like passing to each other and scoring. For real. It was so fun to watch. Um, Dude, I don't know if, if many people know, because I didn't really know this until this weekend, but Keontae Johnson was the guy who was on Florida uh, a couple years ago that collapsed during the game. I'm sure I saw just a video on it over the weekend. Yeah, and super sad. Yeah, and I remember that happening. And, and it just being a crazy deal, and I didn't know that was the same guy who's on this Kansas State team, but did you hear he got he got offered, like if he retired, he was protected by some insurance plan that the NCAA has, and he would have gotten really? like $5 million. I would not be shocked. I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah, but then um, he came back and played, so he foregoes that money. Because if, if he would have stopped playing, he got gets the the insurance plan or whatever i don't exactly know how it works but he chose to come back and he had to transfer he couldn't go back to florida because of some protection law or whatever so he had to transfer and he chose kansas state first year head coach as you mentioned and now they're in the sweet 16 three seed they were picked picked to finish last in the big 12 and i like that's a crazy story i didn't know it was he would that was the same guy that collapsed at florida yeah i i remember hearing that name i um, mean being like something sounds familiar about yeah, it. Exactly. but it wasn't until the uh announcer said something about it that i was like wow like connect the dots um and that story i had i had no idea about it but that just shows exactly what i'm talking about like this kansas state team if you've watched them play they are hard-nosed um and as much as i like a tom Izzo, you know seven seed michigan state it's really hard for me not to pick Kansas State yeah. in this matchup. Uh, Noel really impressed me. Like that that dude alone um, put the team on his back, and I don't know. I've got Kansas State in this one. How about I think you? I do too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not not a super uh, interesting debates on <laughs> on the left <laughs> yeah. side of this bracket as we're yeah. kind of in lockstep so far. Uh, let's go back out to top right Midwest region. We got Houston, who was the betting favorite going into the, the tournament. I think the at least the stat that I saw for ESPN was second team finished or picked second yeah, most. Yeah, yeah, like yeah that's fifteen percent. Right, um, and then Miami, who makes their their second straight Sweet Sixteen. Uh, I think they were in the lead eight last year, if I remember I right. So, yeah, um, they've got a good a good little team. Uh, Isaiah Wong was a beast yesterday so he was so lights good. out against indiana um that game was weird they were up big and then indiana comes back and they put him away really well yeah i i would totally agree um isaiah wong obviously he's been here before kind of came out of nowhere last year he's a great player um no chad omier uh i don't know if i'm saying that right he think, is I a board it, yeah. machine uh, yeah. i read somewhere i think miami got like 20 offensive boards and this dude so far in the tournament has like 17 or 19 points with 31 boards like that is a role player if i've ever seen one i love it um and especially you know the 20 offensive board stats like notable because indiana has an all-american center right like that's that dude is crazy and they've got another quality big man um 
So I think it's. I think this game is going to be a really interesting one. Mm-hmm. I think it's. I, I wonder if it's just Miami, like the name of the school doesn't scream basketball school. But yeah, I don't know how we we miss them just being. Uh, they have the exact blueprint of what you want for a team to make a run in March. Like they have an experienced, good coach. They have the elite guards, and they look really good. And they're going up against this Houston team who. You know, Marcus Sasser is the lifeblood of this team. They've been one of the top teams all year. I don't quite know if he's healthy. Like that that seems to be the biggest question around Houston right now is the health of Marcus Sasser. Yeah, the health of Marcus Sasser and uh Sheed uh Jamal, yes, I his name yes. is um he's kind of dealing with stuff too with his knee injury. Um what really impressed me about this Houston team though is I believe it's Trayvon Mark. Uh, that dude scored like 13 points in a row at one point. He stepped up. He took over. He had like 26 points. Um, and that was with, you know, both of those star guards in the game. I mean, they've got the best backcourt in college basketball when they're healthy. Um, maybe Kansas State too. Uh, but Houston, I mean, they just beat Auburn in Birmingham yeah. in a game that, that was really tightly contested. And they just kind of like – grinded it out and pulled away way late like this game was they were down what 10 at halftime or something like that and they won by 17 crazy one by 17 that is absolutely ridiculous yeah um that showed me a lot i i picked houston to win uh it all this year and i was really like doubtful uh at first like watching that first game like yeah that looked a little shaky there for yeah and and even against auburn i was watching the first half and i was i was sweating a little bit for sure that second half was something else. If Houston can play that level of basketball, there's not a team in this country that can keep up with them. So who are you going to take? This one, I'm, I'm going to stick with my pick. Uh, I really like Miami. Um, I think they executed amazingly against Indiana. That being said, I think their luck runs out. Um, if Sasser, he has a few days off now between games, and I know it's only two or three days. Um, that's still for yeah, it's still something for yeah, sure. For, for yeah. an injury and a basketball player, that's that's a big timeline. Um, I'm taking Houston in this one. I think it will be a very close game, uh, but I I like Houston. I'll go Miami. I'll go I'll go different right. on this one. Yeah, yeah I yeah, like yeah. it. Um, I don't really have a dog in this fight, so I'll go I'll go Miami. Uh, the two, three match. One of our, is this, oh, we have one more two, three, but this is the only chalk seeding, uh, matchup that, that we have yeah. besides the UCLA Gonzaga game, but it is Xavier and Texas, uh, Texas. Um, I'm, you know, this is a weird team. They yeah. fire Chris Beard, uh, in the regular season. One of the high, most highly touted coaches in the country. Yeah, I mean, seriously. he is, he, He's got a weird, I don't know, I don't know much about him as a person, but a uh, very good basketball coach. You see he's already got hired by uh, Ole Miss. Ole Miss, yeah. So yeah, I did see that. They they fire him midseason and still one of the t- favorites to win the title. Um I what what do you what do you got on on this team? Originally this year, uh there were two picks for me to win uh, outside of Houston and it was Texas and UCLA. I thought this year would be the year of the two seed. Um, th- this year has been so up and down for college basketball that it's it's kind of just like Texas and UCLA. Like, had Purdue not had the late run that they did, had um, you know Kansas lost a few games here and there, they would be a one seed in this right. tournament. Um, so I really like Texas, and 
more so, I really don't like Xavier for some reason. <laughs> uh, I I like some Big East basketball like Marquette. I, I was a fan of. I love Tyler Kolek. Yeah. Uh, Xavier, they have really not impressed me, man. Like against Kennesaw State, I thought Kennesaw State deserved to win that game. Oh, um, for sure. For yeah, they were they choked the, that game away. They were so the sad. better team by far. By far, and that's yeah. really weird when you're watching an underseeded that that happened a couple times in this first round. Seriously, yeah, and I, yeah, I agree. Kennesaw State choked that game away. Yeah, and against Pitt, uh, they did come out hot. Um, I think one guy Kunkel, uh, he had like five. For, he was five for five from three at one point. Yeah, um, but that's kind of what I really wanted to focus on. Xavier, they're they're shooting the ball inside the arc, but outside the arc, it has been atrocious. They shot. Um, they're 10 of 36 so far. Ooh. And like, like I said, one dude went five for five. Uh, he ended up going like five for eight. And that same dude has made six of those 10. Mm. Um, so really if, if Texas, a very good defensive team, if you ask me, can shut down the, that one guy from three, they're going to be very successful in this game. Um, and kind of going off the, the poor shooting, uh, three point shooting, Texas shot one of 13 against a very Underseeded Penn State team, one of thirteen, and they won by five. Dude, that that Penn State team and the 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 A and M team that Penn State beat, both of those teams are criminally underseeded. Yes. And Penn yes. State, I I don't know what you think about this, but I've heard a lot of rumors, and I'm starting to think it's true that the committee already has the bracket before the championship games of a lot of these conference tournaments because Penn State went out there dominated the Big Ten tournament. Except for, didn't they lose the, they lost the championship They lost game? the championship, but it, it came down to like a final shot. And right. It was honestly just a botched play. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if that happens. I think if, like, at at most, they, I, I've heard like the, they have like alternate brackets. Like yeah. If Penn State would have won, won yeah. then maybe, I don't know, what do you give them, a, a seven seed instead? Like, yeah. maybe they play Texas a in the same, like, who knows? Yeah, uh, it just seemed like they were... Yeah, they anyway, they were just under very underseated as a as a ten. So yeah, I agree. It might look bad just being like, Oh, the number two seed only beat the ten seed by a couple points. It's like, no, that ten seed was very it was was underseated and hot at the same time. So yeah. they were they were dangerous. Yeah. yeah. I had Penn State, uh, I believe in my sweet sixteen at least. Um Jalen Pickett was just an animal. And even even filthy. going into that Big Ten tournament, they were the ten seed, I believe, in that. Um, but their record was like the third or fourth best in the, yeah. it was all their conference play games. Like they just, they did not have great conference play. Um, so that was a good, good win by Texas. That showed me a lot. Um, Dylan Disu, he's had two double doubles so far, 17 and 10 and 28 and 10, 28 and 10 against Penn state was huge. Um, I thought they played, you know, you know, compared to Texas A&M, Jalen Pickett just went to work against them down yeah. low. And Texas really just would not back down. Like he, they were, they were keeping him out of the paint, out of that kind of like mid-range fade area. And I thought they played really well. And especially since they shot so poorly and still won, I, I, I like this Texas team moving forward. Yeah, I think I'm taking Texas as well. Uh, and and I'm the same way. For some reason, I just don't like Xavier. Sean Miller's, he's a good coach, but uh, you know, kind of an interesting guy there himself too. So I don't know. Not a huge, not a huge Sean Miller fan. Uh, all right, last region for the Sweet 16. We got possibly the most entertaining region. Oh, definitely. I, I, definitely. This this has been a this this region been a lot of fun. Is pretty chalky in the first round. Yeah, no no upsets in the first round. Mm -hmm. 
but and only really one upset in the second round which is interesting but these these this sweet 16 is gonna be very good yes i am very excited for these two games um starting off with arkansas and yukon this game is going to be a dog fight mm-hmm. uh, i think one of my favorite moments of the weekend was seeing the arkansas coach you know obviously celebrating his win and then ripping off his shirt yeah like, and waving was, at the crowd muscleman like, is awesome i love eric muscleman he yes. is such a cool coach yeah he embodies everything that college basketball should be like Agreed. just the energy um this arkansas team talk about you know underseated. they sure. obviously had some struggles throughout the year I actually picked the Arkansas over Kansas. Nice. Uh, well done. Yes. Well done. I, I really just like their style of play. They have two or three guys that have NBA level talent. Um, Ricky Council the fourth and Devontae Davis. It's it's just their show. I mean, talk about a good backcourt. I, I mentioned Houston's and K State's. They're up there too. They're probably top three in the nation. Um, but UConn, holy smokes. Talk Dude. about a streaky team. I mean, yeah. they started so hot. Then they just did not do so well, and then they ended kind of hot. Like this team is obviously a very up and down team, but sometimes it's those up and down teams that make the runs in March. Well, so. we've seen it done by a, a UConn team many times before, and yeah, I, I you, like you mentioned, they were they were, were they number one team in the country at one point, maybe number they really were definitely to top if not, five, if not one. Yeah, yeah, uh, and they were. I mean, they were undefeated for a while. Yeah, they've they've got. They've got a really good team. Uh, I know a lot of people kind of think of Kemba Walker, Shabazz Napier when they think of UConn making a run in March. And, you know, this team, I mean, what was the, what, what's the guy's name? San, Sanago or Sango? Oh, yeah, Sanago. So, Adama Sanago. He had yeah. like, did he have 30 almost? Yeah, 20 and 13 and then 24 and 8. Like, he's just a huge dominant. He's balling out. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they've got a good team. And then, this man Arkansas, if if they make the elite eight, that'd be three elite eights in a row uh, for Musselman and Arkansas, which is just you don't think super big basketball school when you think of no, Arkansas. Not at all. But yeah, they're yeah. This is this is gonna be a great game. I, I'm really torn. I like both of these teams a lot. Who who are you who are you taking? When it comes down to it, uh, I see UConn. I like I could see them winning the whole thing yeah. or I could have seen them losing to Iona. Like it was just one of those picks for me. Um they've looked really impressive so far, but in my opinion, I think they got a very easy draw, especially in a region with UCLA, Gonzaga and Kansas. Right. Kansas uh obviously Purdue lost first round. I thought they were you know, just not the one seed that they could have been. And they just I think a lot of people might have seen Kansas as a one seed and just thought, Oh, they brought a lot of, they were the same team from last year. Like they exactly. obviously, they won the title. They're the on one seed again. And they are nowhere near as good as they were last year. No, not at all. Um, still very talented. And I, Arkansas right. did work hard to win that game. Um, but I mean, they played Iona, which that was against Rick Patino, Sure. But it's still Iona um, yeah. and St. Mary's, uh, I, I did not like St. Mary's at all this year. I mean, they I think they did beat Gonzaga once. Uh, props to them, but right. I, and did you did you watch? Because I had kind of like been monitoring college basketball. I don't really start watching a ton of games until after football season. Mm-hmm. But I remember watching them play Gonzaga twice. They played them 
in the regular season when both teams were ranked and then again in their conference tournament championship and got blown out both blown times. Out. It was not close. And so then when I saw him as a five seed, I was like, yeah, that that's that I do not like that. Yeah. So this UConn team, they've looked really impressive. Uh Sonogo, obviously beast down low. Um, you know, UConn's got a very streaky style of play, but this is the same UConn team that could either beat Alabama like they did earlier in the season or they could lose twice to Xavier. Right. Team that we just kind of mo- both uh, agreed that was very overhyped, yeah. uh, not very consistent. I'm taking Arkansas. Okay. I like it. Uh, okay. I love Musselman. Um, not only do I have this in my bracket and just really am trying to manifest this into happening. <laughs> I like it. I like uh, it. But I just really like their style of play. Um, when Ricky Council, you know, is is missing a few shots here and there, Devontae Davis steps up and vice versa. Um, they've got a few role players that step up here and there. I love their fast play style of play. Um, they beat Kansas already, so I, I definitely can see them beating UConn. All right, I'll go with UConn here, uh, just just to be a little bit different than you. Yeah, I I think yeah, I don't know. I I don't know. We'll see what happens. We'll yeah. see what happens. Yeah. I'm just I'm just trying to be a little different here, but I also think. Man, that's tough because I really that do like really Muscleman. That, that, I really do like that. That will be one of the best games of the weekend. This is another one that I think will be the best game, one of the best games of the weekend. Um, oops. <laughs> we got UCLA and Gonzaga. Um, both teams have a lot of familiar faces if you follow college basketball. Uh, Tiger Campbell and Jaime Hawkes for UCLA. Those two were on that team that made that huge run two years ago mm-hmm. uh, and lost to Gonzaga yeah. uh, on the buzzer beater. So we get a rematch of that game. And Drew Timmy, still there. <laughs> still there. Uh, Julian Strother has uh, emerged this season. He Very was a, so, yeah. a role player the past couple. I know he was on the team last year. Maybe was he on that team that made the run? I'm not sure. I don't know sure. either, but he's he's definitely become one of their go-to scorers. Uh, Watson has, has, has emerged as well. Um, this is interesting. A lot of people I know were high on UCLA. I think you mentioned you you liked UCLA, and this is an interesting Gonzaga team because they aren't a one seed. They aren't as hyped up as they have been the past couple of years going into March Madness. But a lot of people that watch a lot of Gonzaga are saying like, "We're playing really good basketball, playing our best basketball at the end of the season." And I don't know. This Gonzaga team has looked pretty good. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, and I think definitely kind of taking that one seed away uh, has definitely relieved some pressure on the players. I mean, when you're the one seed, especially the number one overall seed like they have been, uh, that's just automatic pressure. Right. Same reason Alabama kind of has the the weight on their shoulders this year. Um, that being said, <laughs> three seed Gonzaga is, is still like the most likely team to come out of this, uh, most picked team almost to come out of this division. Um, like people are like oh now that they're not a one seed i'm gonna pick them and it's like doing the same thing for real that it was before i love ucla uh you know gonzaga yes they have timmy watson straw they're they're beasts they they will dominate the boards um ucla is just complete they've battled through injuries um i can't remember the guy jalen clark jalen clark if they had jalen clark right now they would most definitely be a one seed um but without him they still might I keep saying it might have one of the best bas- backcourts in, <laughs> in college basketball. Jaime Hawkins Jr., twenty-five or twenty-one point five points per game with eight rebounds, averaging f- first two rounds of March Madness. 
he's a beast, all yeah. American for sure. Uh, Amari Bailey has been huge. He's getting to the line more than he's actually scoring, um, but he's he's averaging like 15. Tiger Campbell, he had he was 0 of 7 from the field against Northwestern. He had 12 points all on free throws, 12 for 12 from the line. I, that was a crazy stat when it would just show up Ridiculous. on the bottom line. You're like, wait, what? He's yeah. got all his points on free throws? Seriously. Um, and he's only had two turnovers uh, in his in his first two games so far this tournament, none against Northwestern, two against UNC Asheville. Um, Adam Bona, they're coming. he's coming back. You know, He kind of scared me a little bit. He went up for a dunk, dunked it, and then grabbed that shoulder again. Um, but if he is back, especially, I believe this game is on Friday or maybe um, Thursday. Let's check here. It's, I believe it's on the second day. Either way, um, he's coming back healthy. And UCLA, if they're missing anything, it, ooh, it's Thursday. There's is that the first day? No, they it's Friday. They play the they play the late game on Thursday, and then there's games Friday for this. Yeah, team, so. so that's that's more time to recover. If they can just have that big man presence in him he only played like 21 minutes um against northwestern and i still thought he made a really big impact only shooting three of three from the floor like they don't need him to score they need him to be the defensive presence that he is yeah um and if they can do that i think they're going to cause some problems for timmy and watson um that being said gonzaga i mean timmy's what six nine six ten watson six eight strother six seven this is a big team that can rebound very well um, so UCLA is going to have to be very efficient on offense. All right. Who are you taking? UCLA. Yeah, I figured you were taking yeah. UCLA. I'm going to take Gonzaga, man. All I'm right. going to take Gonzaga. Yeah. I think I think Timmy's on a mission this year, even though I'm not a huge Timmy guy. Um, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll take Gonzaga here. I really wish we had UCLA at full strength. Yeah. Also, Tiger, Tiger Campbell's hair is just <laughs> not, not my favorite. It is very hard to look at. It's just no, I don't know. I'm not, no, not my favorite. No, me neither. Uh, all right, back up to the south. Uh, I believe we have our same. We have Bama Creighton here. Who you got to going to the final four? I cannot explain it, but roll Jays. Let's go. Let's go Creighton. <laughs> um, I I just really like this Creighton team. Um, in my elite eight, I have two seeds under four, and since 2010, there has at least been one under four seeds so like five six seven eight um one four seed to make it to the final four every year i don't see arkansas doing that so i'm picking creighton too i uh, i really like this creighton team like i said a six seed is cruel to them um, yeah. they beat a very good team in baylor a very good march madness team in baylor um like an experienced team alabama they've had their shooting woes they've they've won when brandon miller has shot five from 20 from the field they have a deep lineup the only concern for me for this Creighton team is their limited lineup. They run like a seven or eight man rotation. Yeah, they do. But they play a very slow moving Princeton in the Sweet 16 that I think they will beat. Um, so you don't think they'll be very tired. No, I don't think <laughs> I like I, as I like tired as tired as other. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But that being said, Bama also plays a very defensive, slow minded team in San Diego State. So I think this is a very fun game. Um, yeah, I, I, I feel like whoever wins this game is in the championship. Ooh, okay. I like that. I'm gonna say Creighton as well. I'm I'm a huge I, I have Creighton in, in the championship in one bracket. Um yeah, let's let's go. Let's go, yeah, Creighton. Yeah. Uh I have Tennessee versus K State in the East region. Is that what you have as well? I do. Okay. Yes. Yeah, we were the same on the left. 
Uh, I'm going to go K-State. I'm going to go K-State here. All right. Uh, all right. I, the the, the backcourt combo there is convinced. And I'm just, I'm, I do not believe in this Tennessee team. So I think in combination of Keontae Johnson and Marquise Noel and just my dislike for Tennessee, uh, <laughs> this one's pretty easy for me. I'm going to go K-State. All right. Uh, I'm going to take an opposite route of you. Ah, okay. Uh as I'm going to say for every one of these games, this is going to be such a good game. Um, but honestly, it's the Hyatt battle for me. Uh, Noel, I I love this dude. love to watch him play. If he makes the Final Four, I will be just as happy. Um, and I'm mainly choosing Tennessee because that's what I have in my bracket. All right, fair enough, fair enough. But uh, as I mentioned, Tennessee has four starters over 6'6". Noel, I, I don't know exactly how tall he is. He looks 5'9", 5'10". Great score, um, really high arc on his shot, but Tennessee is a defensive menace. They are a juggernaut on that side of the floor, and Keontae Johnson has not been shooting the ball well from three. I mean, he's getting his points in down low. Noel's really going to have to step up, um, and I I don't see him doing that. Johnson, I I feel like the only way K-State wins this game is if Johnson hits like three or four threes. Um, which I could totally see happening. Yeah, so true. true. I, I'm going to roll with Tennessee, right. uh, but I feel like this is going to be a very close one. All right, so we got our final four on the left side of our bracket. Move over to the right, we got, uh, I think you have Houston versus Texas. I have Miami versus Texas. Yeah. Uh, either way, I'm going with Texas to, to win and go to the final four. I think this is weird. Even though I picked Miami, I think I said when I gave that pick that I was kind of just doing it to be different than you. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I like Texas. I think I'd choose Texas, Houston, then Miami. And if I had to pick one to advance to the final four. Yeah. Uh, and since I picked Miami to beat Houston, I'll go Texas here. Yeah. I, I feel like if Houston can just make it past Miami, um, they're going to be one game away from playing in Houston. Yeah. That's a crazy little story. Which that's just a storyline in and of itself and with the injuries they have um obviously a lot of question marks there uh this is a game of superstars though battle of texas uh battle of marcus's seriously yeah, yeah. um i mean dylan deese who i've already, i've already mentioned he's an animal uh marcus sasser uh i think the difference maker in this game as i've said before is trayvon mark um if houston is injured then Texas has a really free path here. But I really like Houston, man. Right. I, I think losing that last game probably was the best thing that could have happened to them. Uh, they got killed by Memphis in their, in their conference tournament championship. Obviously, they were without Sasser. Um, but with you know the time that he's going to have to ramp up, as, as long as they can stay healthy, I truly believe they're one of the best teams in this tournament. Um, no hate on Texas. I think they're also amazing. I could see this game going to overtime or double overtime even. Um, I like it. I'm going to rock with Houston, though. All right. There you go. And then our last, the West region, uh, you have, let's see, you. I think we have, you pick, we picked both different here. Yeah, so Arkansas, got, UCLA. You got Arkansas, UCLA. Who are you taking? Uh, I'll go. I'll go on this one. I have UConn and Gonzaga. I'm going to take Gonzaga in this one. Uh, like I said, I think Timmy's kind of on a mission to prove everyone wrong everyone the, the the narrative that gonzaga keeps choking is is floating around out there and uh, i think i think gonzaga is going to step up and go to the final four yeah uh i i could 100 see that happening um i think as much as arkansas's elite eight streak continues their luck 
does not. Um, they are matched for their backcourt this game, and I believe UCLA, with a healthy um, Adambosa, I believe they have the advantage down low. Um, Amari Bailey is going to have to step up. Tiger Campbell is probably going to have to score a little more than free throws. Yep, yep. <laughs> but I, I believe UCLA will win this game. I, I think the winner of that UCLA-Gonzaga I, game is probably in the final That's four. what I was just going to say. I think that those two are definitely more talented than the, the teams at the top of that, that region. Yeah, yeah. All right. We've got completely different final fours. Yeah. Let's hear what what do you got going to the championship game from the left side of your bracket? All right, I have Creighton versus Tennessee. Roll Blue Jays, man. Let's, <laughs> Let's go, go Creighton. Uh, I think Andrew Nemhard, um, or not Andrew Nemhard. <laughs> See, it's all right. It. He's the brother of Andrew uh, Nemhard. <laughs> Ryan Nemhard. Uh, he's gonna have his brother, you know, talking to him. Um, he has a lot of, you know, skill on the court, uh, but having the experience, maybe not with him, but off the court in his brother uh who's been there before multiple times will definitely help uh this creighton team is complete and i i think they'll they'll finally beat tennessee um tennessee i think they're a great defensive team offensively i don't think they can keep up with creighton i'm rolling with creighton all right this is where i'm going to take creighton's magic to end unfortunately i'm going to go with kansas state here uh i didn't listen to we had uh my brother reed and then uh, Philip Cecil on to talk pre March Madness, and they were we were kind of I was asking them about their picks and which teams that they like, and both of them were telling me how good Kansas State and how good Keontae Johnson was, and I didn't listen to them. I kind of skipped over them. I really liked Marquette in that same uh, section of the bracket, and uh, I'm I'm making up for it now, boys. I'm taking Kansas State. I'll take them to go to the the, the championship game. Yeah, I th- I feel like it's a good pick, and then. Again, completely different picks over here. You have Houston versus UCLA. I think I know who you're taking, but go ahead and tell us. This one's actually extremely tough. For yeah, me. these are these seem to be the teams that you like the most. Yeah. Um, so since 2015, uh, if, if you guys have looked into like college basketball analytics, uh, the winner of March Madness has been top three in adjusted efficiency margin. So okay. basically, what that is is uh, your adjusted offensive offense offensive efficiency yeah, yeah, yeah there you yeah. go minus uh defensive efficiency right uh and kind of like the biggest gap between those the past like seven champions have been top three in that interesting this year's top three were houston alabama and ucla <laughs> and i have houston and ucla so that's that doesn't help you here <laughs> uh, no it does not um i know who i'm rooting for in the game chat you know bracket thing but just watching them man uh this is such a tough decision for me because I I love like the Houston winning and Houston narrative. Kelvin Sampson, absolutely great coach. I feel like, you know, every time he's in a huddle, I feel like he's doing more like coaching on like a personal level than he is on a basketball level. This makes it just that much tougher on me. Um, I originally picked Houston, man, but I love this UCLA team. Roll Bruins. I, I let's go JJJ Tiger Campbell. All right. They they deserved one when Gonzaga beat him in the Final Four a few years ago. Um, I think they get it all this year. So is that who you're taking to win the championship? I, as well? I feel like whoever comes out of this side, um, the Midwest and what is it, the West, that that's probably going to be the champion. I mean, I think the only exception, the only real contender from the other side is Alabama. Mm-hmm. And if I have them losing. 
um, an Elite Eight, eh, then it's just going to be whoever wins this Final Four matchup. All right, well, uh, I'm taking Gonzaga to advance uh, to the championship as well. Um, they were my pick over UCLA, so I'm taking them to go all the way to the championship. And then I have a ba- I have a battle of three battle seeds of the three in my seeds. championship. Dude, I didn't I didn't pick my matchups before we started <laughs> the pod. I kind of just went with this as we go because I wanted to see where I ended up, and I did not think <laughs> I would end up with Kansas State versus uh. Gonzaga. Oh man, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Kansas State. I like it. We're gonna go Kansas State. I I don't know if I like it, but you know what? We'll 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 go with the Wildcats here and, and take Kansas State in this little second chance bracket. Yeah, I, I think what's what's great about March Madness is that you can you know be as confident as you want in any team um, before the tournament, before the Sweet Sixteen, before the Final Four. And seriously, anything can happen. Yeah. Um, so I think as long as you're, you just kind of like remove that fear of being wrong, then you're gonna That's you're gonna very have a true. successful bracket. That's very true. Yeah. All right. So a little bit on the first round, or first couple rounds, I guess. Um, I don't know what what teams were you. I mean, we talked about all these teams that have been in the Sweet Sixteen, so we can go more first round or so. But but I mean, obviously, there's some crazy upsets: Arizona, Purdue. Um, I don't know. What what were some of your thoughts on the first rounds? Yeah, it was a crazy year. Um, I, I kind of took some time out of class to like look into, you know, like the average amount of upsets per year. <laughs> and as much as this was, you know, like, yeah, there were, I don't even know how many upsets. Um, this was absurd. I mean, for right. Dickinson over Purdue, that obviously wiped out all the rest of the perfect brackets. Um, Arizona losing. I mean, Princeton props to them like that's that's just good basketball um one team that really disappointed me was iowa state Mm. Uh, i had them going pretty far i thought they were a very very good defensive team um and they honestly did play great defense they were abysmal on offense (laughs) they scored 41 points it was awful like they i i i remember watching that game and seeing a stat they were like one of their last 20 from the floor uh i had them going to my sweet 16 i remember that I think, yeah, um, that's the lowest points by any team in the tournament. Oh, I would not be shocked. Um, yeah, that was that was really, really tough to watch. Um, obviously, Boise State, they... Yeah, uh, that was going to be mine. I, I thought this was going to be... Did you see that now they have the most tournament appearances without a win oh. in in NCAA tournament history. That's sad. Yeah, I think it's 0-9, uh, Boise State is. And yeah, just just a really disappointing year. I saw, you know, there's a lot of people on Twitter that I that I follow, uh, they're close with Boise State basketball, and they're like, this was a successful year. You know, 26 games they won and went to the NCAA tournament. And and it's like, man, it's, it's kind of crappy that's become the standard now, but... I mean, maybe it's a good thing that's become the standard that you're that good, but crappy yeah. in the sense of like, no, it needs in order for it to be successful. Now you need to win a game in the tournament, and especially you play a team like Northwestern, Northwestern. who they're a good team, like finished high in the Big Ten, which is a really good conference, and but they're not a basketball school. So not when you all. think of Northwestern, you're like, oh, we should win this game, and yeah, they just they played bad too. I think that was what was they did really play bad. Yeah, uh, Shaver got hurt late. Yeah, yeah. Shave, and he's been up and down all season, and then yeah, they just they just didn't play a good game, and it was 
a bummer to watch and kind of just walk away frustrated and have a bad little taste in your mouth because they just didn't play that good. Yeah. Um, also, it would be be bad without noticing Furman. Um, that game was just Oh, my absurd. gosh. That was unbelievable. I was really high on Virginia. I actually had Virginia going to my Sweet 16. They were in, like, where San Diego State is now yeah. for me. Um, I actually might have picked him a lead eight. <laughs> That's, okay. That's okay. <laughs> um, I really feel for Kihei Clark. Um, the thought was there to, you know, just like burn some time by throwing the ball. But, oh, my gosh, like you would think an experienced veteran like him, of all people, would Seriously. not be the one to make that mistake. The guy who made one of the greatest passes in Virginia history. Seriously, yeah. yeah. When it, they won the national championship, yeah. Uh, it it kind of killed me to watch that. That was that was really sad. Um, and you mentioned like the time, the thought was there, but the thought needed to be there when there's like four seconds on the clock yeah, or not two ten. seconds. Yeah. Not that is, there is a big difference for me. Like I, I would have understood it if they somehow did that and hit a half court shot to Seriously, win the game yeah. with, if it was three seconds, but yeah, 10 seconds. That's like, what's the best case scenario. If you throw it out of bounds, they get it with, eight seconds left seconds. that's still way way more time than than you need to give him like i don't know what he should have done there but whatever he did was just and i don't even feel like i don't like being the hindsight 2020 guy because mm-hmm. i feel like in sports that's just not oh, fair yeah and and i mean you know that being an athlete like i anyone that's played sports hindsight is just that's so hard to say you'll make a different decision in the moment that's one where i'm like I feel like most people need to be prepared in that situation. He had a timeout. I, that's he had a timeout. That's out. the killer. That's the killer. Like, re, like you, you rarely see um, coaches not like screaming at the officials for that. Um, and especially with Tony Bennett, I was kind of shocked he didn't. Um, but it happened all so quick. Yeah, that I don't think he really could have. Um, I don't know. Such a sad, sad letdown. Uh, this year, I I feel like there's kind of a like a common theme for a lot of like the the teams that didn't make it to the sweet 16 but won their first round it was like the year of like the upsets choking like drake outplayed miami so much yeah. of that ball game until the I last was really like, mad. two I had minutes drake winning that game that, yeah. that very much they were me. They, yeah. they were an old team they had all the right things and yeah sure enough they didn't uh another one arizona, arizona state, state they outplayed tcu the, it was just it was just not even close and you know they choked um Kennesaw State we mentioned Kennesaw earlier. State, yep. yeah. Uh, yep, 100%. I don't know. Quite a few teams that I, I oh, just um, know. Oh, Louisiana against Tennessee. That game yes, was that game really was close. Very close. Um way too close than it should have been. I don't know. I feel like Charleston had a chance. Yeah, West Virginia West Virginia yep. really choked. That uh, game. That I mean, was eight nine isn't really an upset. Still but. though, that was that I picked West Virginia, and that was my first like first game of the tournament. I'm sitting down to watch yeah. it, and I was like, "You've <laughs> got to be kidding me, man!" Like, there of goes course, the perfect bracket. Seriously, you could even make an argument for Grand Canyon. I mean, that's also what scares me about Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. They get down early in both games. I, I saw a stat; they were like down eight with like five minutes to go, uh, or down seven with five minutes to go, and they they ended up beating Grand Canyon by what like twelve. Um, but they only beat TCU yeah. by three. Yeah. It, it really should have been six. TCU hit it like a half court. That was sick. That was. Uh, did you see the the spread was? Five oh yes, like four and, and, four and a half. half. Yeah. yeah, and that the, yeah that, that is crazy. a bad beat. <laughs> Horrible. If I've ever seen one. Um, but yeah, just so many so many missed opportunities for upsets, and I think that just excites me. Like yeah. if if anything, the future of college basketball 
everybody is becoming so much more um, like closer together. There's a reason we see more 15, more more higher seed uh, upsets. Um, it's be- crazy that they're not even like they're not even as big a surprise anymore. Yes, like yeah. they're not. I remember it was insane news when UMBC beat Virginia or even like I remember when I was younger even like there was I think Lehigh beat Duke one year and then Michigan State lost as two seeds and that was insane and now it's Ridiculous, like yeah, yeah it's almost expected that a that a 15 or 16 seed wins yeah I even some of my buddies last night we have like a baseball pool for one of these and they go man, should we actually start picking 16 seeds? <laughs> My younger sister, uh, she doesn't like know much. So I like told her like the, the matchups and she just picked like, yeah. I, I didn't tell her the seeds cause she was just picking the higher one every time. <laughs> right. And I didn't let her choose any of the 16 seeds. Cause I was like, they never win. Seriously? And she got mad at me after and she goes, Hey, like you didn't even let me choose them. And I was like, there's, they never win. Like it's, it's Dude, ridiculous. I did. Yeah. That we did a, uh, one for our youth group we had like a bracket pool and some people that just don't know march madness i was explaining to them i was like like okay the the one means they're the they're the better team and then this like you know so on and so forth that's how they're ranked and then they were like okay so should i just pick the better team to win every time and i was like well no but that's what usually happens and then i a kid on sunday morning yesterday was like like you told me to pick like i picked purdue to win the whole thing and they lost and i was like i know i'm sorry i'm sorry Uh, yeah yeah it's it's crazy this is why this is why we watch i'm excited for round or sweet 16 starts wednesday thursday thursday Thursday. okay yeah starts thursday i'm i'm very excited me too me too all right man well this has been great uh i i really enjoyed having you on um let's do it again soon yeah i'd love to thank you so much for having me on awesome all right we're back joined by uh eli and mr brandon williamson back on the pod good to be here how we doing everybody uh brandon and i i really do feel bad for matthew that we (laughs) did the doing the pod like 10 minutes after you guys dropped him off from the airport um the timing of life yeah i mean that's just how it goes right everybody's working these days yeah growing up um so Matthew's not on the pod, but Matthew and Brandon were back in Boise for the weekend, uh, did some golfing. You know, I thought the weather was going to be a little nicer. It was very windy. I think the weather was exactly what I was expecting. Just I wasn't expecting it to be that windy. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Whoa, that was a lot. I adjusted your volume. Sound check. We're doing a sound check right now. Yeah, that's fine. That's pretty good. Okay. That's pretty good. Um, yeah. Well, I just did some, some, I mean, everyone just heard it if you were listening. I, I'd be interested to see if people skip the college basketball part and come right to the NFL news. But yeah, um, <laughs> I told the boys, <laughs> here's the plan. We're going to go through all sports news and we're just going to go through all the latest news in NFL since we last recorded a podcast. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Do we have anything else? We Lefties, righties tied both matches. It was honestly very impressive. Yeah, I mean, the ups and downs. I mean, up three, down two. Up three again, down two again. I mean, it was a good, good weekend of golf for sure. Yeah. When I looked at, I remember looking at you uh, coming off the ninth hole when we missed a putt that we should have made, and I think we were down two. And I was like, we just have to lock it in. We have to lock it in. We did better, but yeah, we, yeah, still somehow tied. And Sa- then the same conversation was happening in our cart. So. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, and then, then we get to the seventeenth hole, and the, the Brandon and Matthew have like a. 12 footer and we're off the green and somehow their 12 foot putt 
goes 12 feet in the other direction because the green was just slanted entirely. And I think you guys probably missed it by six inches and then it ends up 12 feet from the hole after you barely tapped it. it was wind, wind was with downhill. I mean, it was just brutal pin location. I think we were tied for the last like six or seven holes too. I remember I was keeping track of us and every, I just kept doing little dashes like even or whatever. Mm. And it was, yeah, like most of the... There back, we go. That sounds loud. Yeah. Most of the back nine, we were just, we were locked and it was like, yeah. Looking at the scorecard, it looked really boring, but it was things like big missed putts or like big made putts. Like all, it was, it was wild. Um. All right. Let's get to some, let's get to some news. So... Uh, first thing since, since we've, uh, so, so the Jalen Ramsey news broke the last time we were recording the pod, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that was last Sunday or yeah, last Sunday, I believe. Um, so this is all since last Sunday, but, uh, an NFL free agency began. So we got a lot to go with there. Um, Falcons acquire Johnu Smith. Interesting move considering they drafted a tight end fourth overall. Two years ago, um, was, yeah, was Johnu in Tennessee with Arthur Smith? Yeah, okay, there it is. Okay, so there's some familiar familiarity there. I bet Kyle Pitts wasn't very good at like run blocking and stuff. That's why I saw they just said yeah. they were gonna they brought it. He's a solid blocker, right? It's good versatility at the tight end position for them for sure. And I think they want to go more run heavy, especially if Ritter's going to be the starting quarterback. I, I don't think they're going to make him throw it thirty plus times a game. So yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, they also signed uh, Chris Lindstrom to a big extension. Uh, He's the highest paid guard now, right? I think mm-hmm. so. It's really yeah. good, too. Yeah, that was a good signing. Um, let's see. They also they signed... We're going a little out of order here. They signed David Onyema, a DT. They gave him $10 million a year. Wow. Uh, he was on the Saints. Uh, so that's a pretty big signing for them. They also signed Jesse Bates. Mm-hmm. Uh, top free agent safety. That's a big loss for the Bengals. He was kind of like the centerpiece of their their defense for the past couple of years, and Falcons just go out and get him. That's very interesting. Hmm. Yeah, just piggyback off that. I mean, since he was having a rough one for sure, they were. I mean, they, it was just like they were signing nobody and they were losing everybody, kind of like the Eagles, same kind of situation. Yeah, uh, that is that is definitely that's just kind of the way it goes with when teams are good for a while, they end up just losing a bunch of guys in free agency. Um, I guess we're sticking on the Falcons because that's what we've gone. <laughs> they also signed Taylor Heineke. Yeah, uh, I I kind of is it bad that I like that tight <laughs> that quarterback room? No, I dig it. Heineke and Ritter. Yeah, I don't hate it. A couple of dudes. Yeah, why not? Yeah, I I don't really have an opinion on Ritter yet, but I don't know. I don't think it's. I think picking up someone like Heineke is what you need because it gives it's an achievable goal for Ritter. It's like he sh- he could probably beat him in the quarterback battle, but if he doesn't, then it's like, all right, well, we have Heineke. It's an easy pivot. Yeah. 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 Um, let's see what else we got here. Uh, like you mentioned, Brandon, the Eagles lose TJ Edwards. He signs with the Bears. Uh, Bears made a couple moves. Uh, they signed Tremaine Edmonds as well. Yeah. So I was I was bummed that he didn't get re-signed. By the Bills. Yeah. They, they chose Milano over him pretty much is what it came down to. But Which I think is probably the right move. I think so. But Milano's a lot older, though. I... I think um, Edmonds is like 26, 27. 24. 24. Oh, my goodness. He's just 24 after five seasons in the NFL. Um, he, he'd, be, he'd also be more expensive. That's a, there's, not yeah. a, there's not really a win, yeah, no, win in situation no. there. It's, yeah, they probably paid less for Milano. Milano will probably be better for a year or two than Edmonds. 
Edmonds, but still, Edmonds is a beast. Do the Bears make any other moves? I'm trying to trade the first overall pick. Yeah, but the only other thing. Yeah, yeah. But I, I like their offseason. I think, yeah, including all those moves and then moving back and being able to get DJ Moore. I think it's they, they're all positive. They picked up a running back, right? Or they picked up they got Travis Homer, but there was someone else. Did they get Dante Foreman? Or is that? Uh, it's possible. I didn't make all sports news as post, so I don't know. <laughs> Should have happened. <laughs> um, let's see. Jason Kelsey returns for his 13th season. That kind of surprised me. I I thought there was a good chance he retires. I thought so, too. They gave him a decent amount of money, too, didn't they? Does it say? I don't know. Probably like 12 mil. Did he sign? Oh, yeah. It was like a one-year deal, right? Yeah, just one year. Um, Let me see if I can find it. Because it was more than I was expecting for like a 35-year-old. It's it's the prototypical ending. You know, it's like you lose the Super Bowl, and it's like, how do you walk away after that? It's I bet you if they win it, he's gone. And it's like, it's it's just it goes two ways, and he finds himself back there, but... Oh, it's got to be his last one, right? But right, I mean that. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, how do you, how do you decide that that's your last game, the losing the Super Bowl? I feel like you either go out like Peyton, or you go out like Brady, where you just are like, all right, we don't have it anymore. But if you have kind of the potential, right? But to, but to your point, I mean, it was their golden year last year, so I don't know. How do you come <laughs> back thinking that your team's going to be just as good? So they've got to believe that. Hertz is going to even take a bigger right. jump, right? Right. Um, Eli, are you still looking on that Devontae Foreman piece? No, I'm looking for how much they're paying Kelsey. Kelsey. I think I'm close. <laughs> I think it was like 10 or 12. It's 14.25. There we go. Okay. So he got the bag. Yeah. <laughs> good yeah. For him. That's pretty, pretty good for how old he is. Uh, Brandon, a couple moves uh, the 49ers make. Yes, sir. Uh, they take one of the Eagles players. Right. Probably their best player that was a free agent, uh, Javon Hargrave. Uh, signed, you signed him to a four-year, $84 million deal. He had 11 sacks last year. Um, yeah, I mean, $21 million, but less than half is guaranteed. So a pretty, I would say a pretty team-friendly deal if he doesn't pan out. But I don't know. What did you think of it? For sure. Um, definitely didn't see them spending money on the D-tackle position. I thought that was um, pretty surprising to me. I thought for sure it'd be a D-end, try to get some help for, for Nick on the other side. So... Um, I love the move. I mean, I think it's a great move. Obviously, it sucks for the Eagles losing a big-time player like that, but they knew they were going to lose some of those guys. So, But um, I think he's going to be huge for us um, with the uh, Armstead in the middle and then with him, and then it's going to allow Javon Kinlaw to do a little growing up, I think, because he definitely needs to get himself in shape to be able to play a full season. So I really love the move. Yeah, and he's not – like he was kind of just thrown in as a rookie to be like a starter. Right. And, yeah, I don't think he's – yeah, I think this just kind of gives him a chance to be like, "Hey, we're gonna we have two two dudes now. Like you can rotate in with them." And right, yeah, yeah, I like that. I, I he was one of those names like you saw him out there, and I kind of just expected him to go to a team with a bunch of cap that was going to throw throw money at uh, an older DT. So I am a little surprised that that you guys were paying someone like him. Like right. it just doesn't usually that just doesn't usually happen. But it's it's. It's like oh great they added another beast on the front four right. um yeah he's he's a very good player so the interesting question it brings up is why not sign buckner then yeah yeah that is a great question and i think the answer is jimmy g's contract i think that's the only difference really you can look at in the situation the niners i think the niners with the three quarterbacks we have now i think the total cap hits like 14 million so yeah to jimmy that's g's true. 27 that's so true i think that's the only difference to answer that question 
It's funny because 27 isn't even that much. It's not. Well, because you guys have so many other players that you pay. Right. Yeah, you kind of have to. So, I mean, that brings up the next one I was going to bring up is Sam Darnold. Um, interesting. I mean, obviously you have to bring in a third quarterback. Right. Because both your, <laughs> your two quarterbacks are having offseason surgeries. Uh, did you think it was going to be Sam? Like, I don't know. Where were – I guess we never really talked about, like – I didn't didn't know what quarterbacks were on your guys' radar. Um, what what do you feel about Sam? What's what's kind of the expectation for him? Um, I don't know. I have mixed emotions on Sam. Right. Like obviously, we have not seen him um, have any success in the NFL. Really, um, we knew that he was talented coming out of USC, but we didn't really see him do anything in the NFL. So, but I also want to give him the benefit of the doubt and and, and say that maybe he hasn't been in the right place. Um, obviously, with the Jets, they had their struggles, and then with the Panthers, Matt Rule got fired pretty quick too. So, um, I don't really know. I don't really know what to think of Sam. I did not think Sam was going to be the move. I thought for sure we'd be, we'd be going to veteran. Um, a that's name that a lot of people brought was... up was like Matt Ryan right. because he's been with Kyle right. before. Just getting some stable there in case we don't get to another big game where we don't have a quarterback standing upright. So. That was um, good. that was like kind of why I brought it up is that, like bringing in another twenty five year old. Right. I was like, okay, interesting. Like now he's the veteran on the <laughs> right, staff at right, twenty five. Right. Um, I think I I think it's Big Cat who always brings up this theory of like you can always go back to these guys and just be like, yeah, but he was a top five pick or a top ten pick. Right, <laughs> like, right. yeah, I know he sucks, but one time he was a top ten pick. Right. So it's you're kind of like. Yeah, if it was if it was just a random guy and he was coming in after the, he's put up the numbers that Sam Darnold has, you'd be like, okay, cool. But because he's a top five pick, you're right. like, hey, it's, he's a top five pick. He has potential. And, and it might be dumb of me, but there's also a side of me that goes like, man, look what Brock Purdy could do in our offense. Like, Oh, for sure. Sam, with the talent he has, like, is there just a way that maybe he could just revitalize his career, you know? Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking is because I don't know how you feel about Brock Purdy, Brennan, but <clears> – <throat> Like, there's no way he's going to be, like, worse than Purdy, right? Like, not maybe not that much worse. Like, I just – I feel like uh, the last pick in the draft, getting thrown at the end of the season and doing as well as he did, like, I feel like you guys didn't have to be super picky with who you pick up at quarterback. Right, right. And when I watch the Niners offense, the, the thing that really just stands out to me is decision-making. I mean, um, I think that's why Jimmy had a lot of success in our offense was that he can make the right decisions. It was yeah, just the – Don't be stupid. It was just the bonehead plays, really. Right. I think. Mean, I think that's what Brock. Um, I think that's where he had a lot of successes. He just wasn't turning the ball over. I mean, he was just making right decisions, hitting wide open guys. Jimmy would miss wide open guys. That was just the difference, you know. <laughs> and um, I mean, going into the season, I think it's going to be Trey's job. I do. Um, I think Bur- Purdy's going to be. He's going to be getting healthy towards the beginning of the season, but I think they're going to give Trey another shot. Um, but I, I just you hope that they run the same offense with Trey that they do with all these other guys. But yeah. there's probably. I mean, with the way our history's gone, there's probably a scenario where all three of those guys see the field at some point. So. <laughs> Good to have depth. Um, you guys did lose Mike McGlinchey. Mm-hmm. He signs a big deal. Mm-hmm. Five years, $87 million, uh, signs with the Broncos. Yeah, that was that was interesting to me. Yeah. I think you, I think we we were talking, we were texting about that, and you're like, yeah, there's just no way we're going to pay him. <laughs> there's just no chance. I mean, there was some rumors going around that he was going to get paid by somebody. Um, and where he went to the Broncos, it just seems like a Sean Payton move to try to shore up that offensive front and – have a guy like Mike McGlinchey, he's not going to do anything that flashes off the paper and makes these big hits and stuff, but he is a quality player. Um, to run the ball, he's a great right tackle, but he's just got to work on pass a little bit. But 
good for him. I mean, obviously, tip of the cap to him. He got $87 million. You can't really blame the guy. So. And another guy you guys lost, Jimmy Garoppolo. He's finally cut free from the Niners. This has been... You know, I, I think if the Aaron Rodgers situation wasn't as Aaron Rodgersy as it is, like we, the Jimmy G one is comical. How he's like his roller coaster ride with the Niners has been absolutely insane, uh, and so he finally leaves. Um, yeah, we're really gonna we're really gonna get to see what he is as a quarterback, um, because obviously there is limitations with him, but. He's won a lot of games in San Francisco, and then it's but it's also San Francisco. So it's I mean as we were just talking about, it's how much does a quarterback really have to do? But I'm I think this is super interesting to me to see like what is the gap between Carr and Garoppolo because that's clear like they made a clear decision like we'd rather have Jimmy G for a little bit cheaper than pay Derek Carr and yeah I'm just very interested to see how this all shakes out. Yeah, and for Jimmy G, he's not going to a place that he's super unfamiliar with, right? So, like, he's going to an offense he's ran before, yep. before San Fran, that he ran in New England. So, it's just, I, I don't know, the biggest question for me is how is he going to fit in that offense with a receiver like Devontae Adams, which I don't think he's ever had. Niners don't really have any dominant deep ball guys ever. So, um, Devontae likes go balls. So, isn't that's that not we- what Jimmy G throws. So. Isn't that weird that this is, like, his best receiver that he's ever played with? Crazy. And he's had... <laughs> But everything else is way better with the 49ers. Right. Like it's just it's such a it's such an interesting signing. I mean, it makes total sense because the Raiders just didn't have a quarterback going into this offseason and they didn't have a top pick. But yeah, it's it the way that the car situation shook out and then just what now it's Jimmy G is very interesting. I, the Raiders are one of the most confusing teams as just to what their direction is in the entire NFL to me. I think that's where Will Levis is going to go. I think, really? Yeah, I think he's going to fall to their pick, and then they're going to take him. He's going to sit behind Jimmy. What pick do they have? I think it's in top ten. Is it in the top ten? I, I think, think it's like yeah, seven I think or eight. Right. Huh? I haven't. Uh, that'd be interesting. Yeah, but I don't know. I think that's they're the perfect candidate for one of those quarterbacks that are like kind of sneaking up people's boards. That they're like, man, they've got the tools, but they're just not ready to play yet. And it's like, well, they just got Jimmy G, so like. Which, I think, which makes me feel bad for Jimmy G. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It does kind of suck for him. But they're they're like the stereotypical team to like take a guy that could be really good, but just you would never start the first year. Right. And they're probably looking to maybe they're probably thinking about like a restart in the next few years. Like yeah. Dante Adams is getting old. They let they let Carr walk. I mean, they got Max Crosby, um, who's still pretty young, but like. But that's Josh, it on Josh Jacobs. Yeah, <laughs> that's it on defense and on offense. It's Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs. They made the big splash move with Chandler Jones last season, and that turned out to be a complete bust. You know? Yeah, I mean they w- yeah. they really went for it mm-hmm. last year. Yeah, I mean they the Adams thing was last year too. Like, yeah, it was well, kind of interesting. The one thing that got me about the Jimmy G situation mm-hmm. is the the Raiders GM coming out and saying that Jimmy G was more of a fit for the team than Derek Carr was. And, yeah, and that's all you heard out of San Fran was that Jimmy G is just a great locker room guy and all this, but. I've never thought of Derek Carr as not a locker room guy. So I think that was kind of a cop-out comment from them. But I don't know. We'll see. But like you said, I'm so interested to see what this Raiders team does with Jimmy instead of Derek. I, I don't know. I just don't see much difference. No, me neither. And that's, yeah, I, I, I think the real reason is probably like the cap and like what you save from him. Right. But I, I, I've said this a lot on the pod. I don't, like 40 million is not that much anymore. It is not. When you're, if you're paying a quarterback 40 million, 
I remember we used to play the game like 235 mil or not 35 mil. It's like, man, you'd almost pay any quarterback that's serviceable $35 million. It's like, that's, I'd rather pay a quarterback. Like, I think we paid Gino like around 35. It's like, yeah, that's what he's, that's what he should get. Like, it's not that big of a deal anymore. Yeah. Mm. Daniel Jones is getting 40. There's a lot of guys that can get 40. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Dolphins signed Mike White. I didn't think he was going to leave the New York Jets. I thought he was just going to be a Jet for life, one of those guys. But uh, a much better situation for him and the Dolphins. Like this, this signing just made a lot of sense to me. It's like Mike White was never in the future plans for the Jets. They were either going with Zach or now it's Aaron Rodgers, which we can talk about after this. I'm surprised we waited that long to talk about Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I thought about opening with it. I respect us for that. Yeah, me too. Thank you. Um, but I mean, now he goes to a place where he's may, might be the week one starter. I, I have no, the Tua situation is one of the most interesting in the entire league. Yeah, I, they definitely paid him like he's not just a backup. Like they, cause yeah, he, $8 million. He, yeah, he's making $8 million, like two years, 16 mil. So like that's not just like oh we just had to pick up a backup like if, right. you, if you just needed to pick up another guy who wasn't injured like you wouldn't give him eight million dollars and so yeah I think I don't I don't know what to his status is right now with his health but like I think they made it just by giving him that much money I think they made it pretty clear is they're like if two is healthy it's Tua but like we're gonna throw Mike White as whenever we need and be okay with it. And they picked up to his fifth year. Right. So it, it's almost like a make or break type of thing for me. It's like, can you get us to a season or not? And I think having Mike White behind him instead of Skylar Thompson is a huge upgrade. For so. sure. Yeah. Well, I do think, I think you're, you're right. It doesn't, it's not a bottom of the barrel backup. It also isn't like a Jimmy G. Right. They also were like, I half expected them to go get someone like Jimmy G or like pay a, a, a I don't know, like, Taylor Heineke's too low. I don't know who else would fit that mold. Like even Jameis. That's exactly that's the name I was gonna say. Like, or something like that. Yeah, like someone that's that's a starter level, starter caliber quarterback. If they would have gotten someone like that, that would have told me a lot more about Tua's health. And like, ah, I don't think he's ready if they're going out and getting a starter. The fact that they did go get a backup. Like Michael White's like a top level backup is kind of where I categorize him. Yeah, he had he had a couple of big games with the Jets, but he also had some. Not yeah, he's just he's not a starter, but right. he's fine. So that tells me, yeah, they're 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 and then the fifth year option, all that kind of is like, okay, they expect Tua to play, but they're planning a little bit better for him maybe than they were last year. Yeah, and it's like Mike White's first year on his deal is like. A backup and the second year could possibly be like that's the bridge year where you're going to start for us while we figure out what the yeah. quarterback is yeah like we said with the Niners like they run the same offense it's like just get somebody that can deliver the ball to your playmakers and I think Mike White is more than sur- sur- serviceable to do that so yeah I mean he showed that with because the Jets have pretty good receivers and he showed that he can just he can hit guys right like you know he's, he's nothing crazy but he can do it and so Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle will be open a lot of the time. So, um, a couple like similar signings that I thought were um, the Steelers signed Patrick Peterson, and then the Chargers signed Eric Kendricks. Like both of those guys feel like past their prime defenders, going to probably one more spot before they retire. 
and I don't know. Those are weird. They're like they're big names, but they're they're probably not going to see the field much. At least that's my my thoughts. Maybe a like a make a run signing right there. It's like these old guys we can bring them in for a one year. It's kind of like Tampa did. You know, it's like yeah. one more run, let's do it. You know, especially yeah. the Chargers. Yeah, yeah. They, I I have a feeling Kendricks might actually play a decent amount because I think who was there? Was it if Kenneth Murray and someone else? They had Drew Tranquil, something yeah. like that, but he's gone. I think he went somewhere else. Yeah, so, yeah. Kendricks might be like a second or third on that. Yeah, he's. Yeah, I don't know. He didn't. He didn't play well at the end of last year, too. Yeah. If I remember, anybody else like on him? Like yeah, true. Defense was horrible. Yeah. Um. All right. I, I guess we did wait long enough to talk about Aaron Rodgers. So he goes on Pat McAfee show, which did you guys? I I was watching live. Um. Yeah, and yeah, I know you were too, Brandon. I don't think Eli was, but nope. had like five hundred thousand people watching. A lot of people. Um, Aaron is just a weird guy. I mean, we've said it many times on the show. Um, he's just, <laughs> he's just a very interesting guy. Um, basically, he said he was like pretty sure he was going to retire before he went into his little darkness streak, came out of it, and now he's decided he's going to play for the Jets. That is the weirdest little thing that he. He said, but yeah, apparently he's, he's told the Packers he doesn't want to play for them. Actually, the way he said it was they, they've they made it clear that they don't want me to play for them anymore, which I was like, okay. <laughs> and some of his story just didn't add up when he was talking. Yeah, when he came out and said that he was content with being the Packers quarterback again, I was like, like this is just ridiculous. Yeah. It is. It's ridiculous. Like Even even if your 90-10 comment about 90% retiring, 10% coming back comment was correct, there's just no way you can come back to Green Bay and just like, oh, we're gonna run it back one more right. time. Like it, it, it was over. It, it should have been over two years ago. So, it was very interesting to, to hear what Sorry. what he what he had to say about that for sure. Yeah, it was weird. I the thing I read on it was like he went into his cave, and then when he came out, he was like he saw on like social media and stuff that the Packers were like looking to trade him, and he's like, all right, I guess they don't want me. I want to play for the Jets. Like, it was just so weird. Like, he just kind of let all that dictate what he wanted to do, and then he wasn't even really that clear on it. It was just... Which, that's just... That's that's where I just have a problem with him, is, like, that's just not true. The The rumors of that did not start when he went into his darkness street. Like, you either need to tell us the straight-up truth that those, those rumors have been going on the entire time, or you just, in your... Or yeah, or you just wanted to play for the Jets the entire time. Like, I don't know. That's that's kind of where I'm just like, yeah, yeah your story just doesn't add up, man. Like, it's not making any sense. It's been the same offseason for three years in a row. And right. It's just like he's like, all oh, these trade things came out of nowhere. It's like, no, we've been talking about this for three years. And then his arrogant comment about, I was hoping to keep the meeting with the Jets personnel secret, but then they decided to park in front of my house where all uh, of, <laughs> where all of media could see them. And I'm like. Are you serious, dude? Like, that's what you want. You want the 500,000 people watching you on this Pat McAfee show right now. It's yeah. the only reason why you would set this up. Like, I don't know. 100%. It's very shady. Yeah. So, I don't know. Sounds like, I mean, he's pretty much going to the Jets. It's going to be, I'm, it's, you know, it's not official or anything, but I guess what is official is that he's not playing for the Packers. He definitely made that clear in his interview. He's like, I'm, I, even if it's not and if it doesn't end up being to the jets like they can't get a trade figured out or whatever he i think he'd retire he's i would say there's pretty much a zero percent chance he plays for the packers next season i'm very interested to see what this trade compensation is going to be because they this deal has been virtually agreed upon for like a month now and we still have no trade package like i 
I don't know what what it is. Like I feel like the Packers have no leverage now. No, they don't. They want a first, and they're not going to get it. I don't think so. That's I, what you think the hang up. I, I think they want a first yeah. for sure. Yeah, I agree. I think that's I think that's kind of what they're disputing on right now. And I I really hope the Jets don't cough it up because I just don't think it's worth it for an old guy that you're going to have to pay fifty million dollars. Like if the Packers can trade him, they should think of that as almost a blessing because he didn't really have a great season and he's going to have like the biggest cap hit in the league coming up and so which is also why i don't really like the jets going after him but i feel like it's like hot potato almost right it's like they're fighting over him and i'm like (laughs) i personally am just like why are you fighting over so hard like the packers would be like just let him go get get a second pick or second round or third round whatever it is like just take your picks and then not pay him like that's kind of like i feel like that's like a good scenario for them is not having to pay him 60 million or 50 million dollars whatever his cap it is i feel yeah. i feel like neither team has leverage right it's like like we said like the jets for them it's like they think they have leverage but if they if the packers like if we don't trade him he's probably going to retire so right. this, there's yeah. no leverage there and there's no leverage the other way because they know they don't want him so yeah and i bet deep down rogers loves this like oh yeah they're fighting he's over it exactly. and then like right before the draft he's going to be like i'm retiring and then everyone's like, oh, okay. And then Jets fans just go down in a, in a <laughs> flaming fire. Like, oh my gosh, do we have to draft someone? <laughs> if they don't get Rodgers, signing Lazard is like the dumbest move ever. Because I just, I don't think he's that good. And they signed him for four years. Oh yeah, the wish list. Yeah, yeah the, wish list, the wish list that doesn't exist. Okay, right. I'm sorry. This is, this is really weird, but. Did you guys talk to Matthew about Jared Kelnick? No. No. There's something going around Twitter that the Mariners might have traded Jared Kelnick. Really? Whoa. Which is... Are they, do they have a team, receiving team? No. I. Apparently he, like, got... I don't think he did. Yeah, I don't think he did. Would it shock you? He got pulled a little bit because he had a really good spring training. Oh, really? He got pulled from the spring like pinch hit randomly first in the spring training game and well, people so now are, everyone's people like speculating are, are thinking yeah but he's been he's like gone. he's been on fire this spring and everyone's been really excited for him because he's because he's coming off like a rough year right it's like three rough years oh, yeah okay. or two rough, rough years. year but he's having a good spring training yeah, yeah. but right. he just, the, the tweet was kelnick heading back to the clubhouse and they gave a thumbs up sign to the brewers dugout then jogged out of the stadium interesting i mean maybe they could be trying to get value i don't know i don't yeah, I mean that's kind of uh, this is it's just weird. Like we, everyone kind of wanted. What could you get for him? Though? Like why not? No, exactly. Yeah. He's just had a, he's had like he's hit like four hundred this spring, like four fifty. It's I don't know. I mean, unless we, everyone wants a uh, Brian Reynolds. So it's like, hey, if they cashed in on this, we'll take it. But I don't know. This is weird because when this podcast comes out, it's gonna be so dated. Uh, anyway, sorry, I was really distracted. I got like three texts about it, and I was like, "What is going on?" Um, the Seahawks did sign uh, Draymond Jones, uh, D lineman from the uh, Broncos. I I know it's not a huge signing, like it's three for fifty, so it's it wasn't. It's not nothing. He, nothing. he was he was regarded as the top DN on the market, which it wasn't a strong DN market. But I mean, he said he got fifty million. He's got to be. And this is not what the Seahawks do. Like we don't pay free agents like this very right. like ever. I like them. So yeah, I, I I was really happy about it. We just needed to address that position. So um, I'm just happy that they <laughs> they saw that as a need as well. Uh, they also we we picked up Devin Bush as well, who's 
Like he's nothing special, but we needed a linebacker because Jordan Brooks is hurt and um, Cody Barton was garbage and he left as well. And then uh, Julian Love we picked up as well. Safety for the he was a safety for the Giants. He was fine too. A lot of people think we're going to run like a four-two-five mm-hmm. kind of base next year. And uh, if we keep Jamal, I think there's rumors we might cut him. But uh, if we keep him and he's healthy, it'd be a lot better for him to just play like like a rover kind of right. spy position. And the, the signing of Julian Love kind of aids to that. Like, why would we bring in another safety when we have Diggs, Neil, Adams, we bring in Love? I don't know. It makes a lot of sense to bring in another one of those. And do you know what that number is to cut him? Jamal? I do not. Um was he in like the third year of a four-year deal? Something like that? Yeah, it's something like I know he signed into a pretty big extension, so I'm assuming it's just like the guaranteed money. Um, <laughs> my apologies. But like you said, the signings, I mean, I think the one clear thing watching the Niners Seahawks games last year was definitely the line of scrimmage. So oh, yeah. I definitely saw that you guys would have a focus on on beefing up the line of scrimmage, especially in the defensive end. Um, and for what it's worth, I thought the offensive tackles, the young guys, held up pretty well. Especially yeah, against our pass rush. I don't. I don't know how they did against other guys, but yeah, our, those guys are are solid. But that was that was really encouraging last year. Yeah, yeah. two rookies. Yeah. Um. So yeah, those are the Seahawks stuff. Let's see, Jacoby Myers is a Raider, <laughs> so they get essentially the top receiver on the market. Yeah. I, what a <laughs> weird signing that was. Thirty something mil, right? Yeah, Remember three for thirty three. Good for him. Yeah, I don't know. I have the Jamal Adams. Numbers real quick. Yeah, what is it? His cap hits 18, and his dead cap's almost 24. Okay. So you'd save a little chunk of change if you cut him. Yeah, wait. I hope wait. we keep him. Yeah, you got to get something out of him, right? I mean, no, I think I have that backwards. Poor guy. His dead cap's 24, and his cap hits 18. So if you cut him, you lose money, right? Okay, so then we probably won't this yeah. year. Yeah. Sorry, I got that backwards. But no, I think I, I he's been... What's the what, last two years? Refresh my memory. He's been hurt both, right? I think so. And he, yeah. Last yeah, year he was out for the entire year. Achilles or one year, right? I yeah, remember. he was out for the entire year last year, which is a bummer because he played well that first game that he got. Right. I think he got hurt the second game, or maybe it was the first game. It was early. And there was like a, it was just a bummer because everyone was like, he was playing, he's going to play a lot of different role this year, right. and he they were really excited for him in this new defense, and so. I don't know. I I still believe in him for some reason. Like not that he's going to be the best player in the league or best safety in the league or anything, but I do think he can contribute if he stays healthy. Like right. I just really like the way he plays. I think it's a fun way to play football. Um, That's where he thrives is that rover position. He likes being in the box. He likes coming downhill, making big hits. So I don't think like 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 if someone did if they got cut and someone signed him like he doesn't thrive just sticking him back there as a safety and letting him letting him roam no. the field. You know, like you gotta let him get get active. Uh, the Giants trade for Darren Waller uh, for a third round pick. You want to talk conspiracy theories? <laughs> <With that one. laughs> I mean, it's just a God. What a weird, what a weird trade. I mean, that's just one of those ones where a team signs a guy and then trades him within the next year, and it just makes no sense, you know. But yeah, I I don't know. I it's uh, I, I, it was like right after the Jacoby Myers mm-hmm. situation, so everyone's like, oh, they. They like Myers better than Waller, and it's like, man, but they're completely different players. Like, I, I and I don't know. I just the Raiders did use a lot of Foster Moreau last year. 
yeah. which I thought was interesting. But Darren was hurt, so I mean that's a whole different right. conversation. But. And I and I like it for the Giants. Like you, you just invested in your quarterback. So and they, oh, I love the move for them. For right, sure. their weapons are garbage, so they need something. But and as low cost, I mean third rounder. But right. I also think I don't know if I want to go get the thirty year old injury prone tight end. Like right. that doesn't excite me a ton either. Um, yeah, just just a weird. It, that was a really was out of nowhere. Really weird move. I hope it's not like Kenny Galladay 2.0. You know, yeah. 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 I think I think we. I think we'll see him on the field. It's just how long does he stay yeah. on there? So right. Yeah. Kenny is like you never even saw him. Yeah, and it is also weird. They re-signed. I believe they re-signed Shepard and Slayton. Mm-hmm. I believe so as well. And so they, Waller was like is like their, their, like receiver receiving target that they went and got out for their quarterback. Like I don't think there's no way that they signed another like decent receiver or anything like that. Who was their tight end last year? I'm blanking. Cody, not Cody. Something Bill, Daniel Cody Bellinger. Bo- Daniel. No. Cody's the baseball player. Yeah. Right? Cody Bellinger's the baseball player. So Daniel, so Daniel, Daniel, Daniel Bellinger. Bellinger. Okay. Yeah. I think he was a rookie, right? I, I, I have no I have idea. No I think he was, was rookie or second year. I was blanking on who it was. I think he's kind of young. He had like, um, might have been Matthew Johnson that had him in like Dynasty or something like that. But he kept bringing up his name. I was like, who is he? And I saw he had like one game where he had, um, he had like two touchdowns or something like yeah. that. And then so... But I don't think he did anything else besides that. A couple of running back news. Uh, four big running backs news. Uh, Eagles resi- or signed Rashad Penny uh, because Miles Sanders signs with the Panthers. And then David Montgomery signs with the Lions. And Zeke is cut. So yep. a lot of running back shifts. I don't know. These, these were all interesting to me. Like they're big names, especially Zeke. But Mike Miles and David Montgomery are big names. This is just the cyclical nature of running backs in the NFL. That you have like three years where you're really valuable. And then after that, you're not at all. I mean, especially like... Yeah, especially Miles Sanders and David Montgomery. Like literally two years ago, they were... the Going into last season, they were like the number ones on their team. And now both teams are like, yeah, you're expendable. We'll move on. The Lions sign, signing David Montgomery, it was, I think at first, everyone's reaction was like, oh, they're moving off from, like, DeAndre Swift. But it's like, is he the Jamal Williams replacement? Like, is he like is he the veteran guy they're going to bring in to, like, I don't know. It's just, it is funny because it's, running backs age so much differently. And so, like, signing, like, a 25 or 20, like, signing, like, a 26-year-old running back is like a, all right, he's, like, at the end of his prime. Most likely, I just don't think they. Be- I, okay, I that's not the right word. I think they believe in Swift. I just don't think they trust him. Um, yeah, I think that. I mean, giving Jamal Williams the ball that many times in short yardage and touchdown situations tells you their confidence level in him. I mean, what what did uh, Jamal had like sixteen touchdowns last year? Like, yeah, it he was led ridiculous. The and if you watched Hard Knocks, like it was convincing that the Lions thought that Swift could be the best running back in the league, but it's just like. The drive wasn't there, and then and then he's injury prone. Too. Yeah. So there's that as well. So I think what you said is right on the hits the hits the uh, head on the nail right there. It's it's really just a replacement. It's like get us a guy that we know we can feed the ball to and that will stay upright and, and be a short yardage guy. Yeah, and then like from the Bears' point of view, is there like, well, why would we resign this guy? Because every, right. every time he got hurt, you know, like our rookie or our second year running back like did even better than he did, and it happens with so many other teams. It's like. Like even the Eagles, it's slightly different. But it's the same thing. They're like Kenneth Gainwell's really not that bad, and they they did end up signing someone else. But they're like, 
you know, like Sanders had a pretty good year, like looking at his numbers, and they're like, we're gonna have to, we'd probably have to pay a lot of money for him. So right. we're just letting him go. Speaking of Jamal Williams, also signs with the Saints. His his was like a three year deal, wasn't it? Yeah, eighteen million. I can see them uh, moving off Kamara at some point. Well, he, he might not he play might not this play year. That's true too. <laughs> that's true too. Uh, uh, and that's, then that's yeah, Zeke's, the, Zeke's finally cut. That's because of the legal situation, Kamara. Yeah, Kamara. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Zeke's finally cut. It's move need to happen for a long time. Um, that's a question mark for me. I have no idea where he's going. Yeah, and I Falcons. I'm a little hopeful just because I'm his dynasty owner, mm. but I think the some team will be able to squeeze a year or two out of him. I do too. I just, what's the money situation? And totally. Is, is the option of him returning to the Cowboys on a cheap deal, is that an option? Yeah. Like, That's very interesting. I don't know. It, it's, it's, I don't know. Yeah. I could see him being like a Melvin Gordon, like maybe jumping to a couple teams and like mm. being sort of like a supplemental running back. But like the Lions. Yeah, like talk closer with the mic. Sorry. There we go. <laughs> the, the, the Lions is a team I could have could have seen going right. against Zeke, but like obviously they got Montgomery. So, but I don't know. He's an interesting one. Uh, a couple of random quarterback notes. Um, Colts release Matt Ryan. Kind of figured that one was done. Uh, Panthers Andy Dalton already mentoring for the number one pick. Yeah. I yeah. guess that was Matt there. Corral Andy Dalton for the number, and the one, number pick. one pick. Yeah. Uh, Baker Mayfield signs with the Buccaneers. Interesting. It's going to be him versus Kyle Trask in the saddest quarterback competition <laughs> of all time. Um, Jacoby Brissett for Mr. Brisket signs with the Washington Commanders. What's that quarterback room? Sam, Sam Howell, Howell and Jacoby Brissett. Carson Wentz for you, too? Yeah. Okay. They caught Carson Wentz. Oh, yeah. That's right. They did come. So, yeah, we've got the. Which which quarterback room would you rather have? Jacoby Brissett and Sam Donald or Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask? Um, no answer. Yeah, I don't really want to give an answer. I plead the fifth. Yeah. Um, Gardner Minshew signs with the Colts. And Mariota signs with the Eagles. Love that move. Yeah, good move. Yeah. Um, Man, what else do we got here? There's so much. NFL that happened this week. We probably should have done a longer pod on it. I was just looking. We've gone 40 minutes, and we didn't really know what we were going to talk about today. <laughs> um, the Bucks. I mean, they just signed Levante David back, if I remember right, like within this last week. Dude. Like, what? what is what is the direction there? I mean, why sign him if you think you're about rebuilding? I don't know. I mean, they got so many veterans on that team. It's just... There are a lot of teams. This would be a fun segment to do maybe uh, further down the road this offseason of just like, what are you guys doing? (laughs) (laughs) Like, what is the plan here? It's like, I want to see, I want there to be like a documentary on the NFC South. Because to me, the Saints and the Buccaneers are pretty similar. Like, they have a lot of old guys, like a lot of veterans that, you know, like both of their defenses should still be pretty good, but also like in a year they could all retire. You know, like there's a lot of guys like that. And so I think the Saints are in a more of like a go for it position than the Buccaneers, maybe just because it's, I don't know, that's just my opinion. But then like the Falcons and the Panthers are like kind of teetering on the edge of like, should we restart or should we not? Like that division is just so, it's so interesting to me. And I just think it's, it's just so what's so comical about the NFC is like, you know, no one in that division really knows what they're doing, but at least one of them is going to make the playoffs. Right. Right. You know, 
and they're all going to they're all going to have the same record. That's pretty sad to think about. As one of those teams is going to be a playoff team, you know. I could definitely see Hard Knocks doing either the Falcons or the Panthers. Oh, I sure hope they do. That'd be so awesome. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot to unpack in that. That division is just the strangest in football. It's not even close. Yeah. Um, what else we got here? Bengals sign Orlando Brown. Huge, big, big signing for them. Uh, Patriots signed Juju Smith-Schuster in the most unpatriots signing ever. That's just not the fit that I was expecting. Let Jacoby Myers go for the same price and bring in Juju. Yeah, I. Very interesting. Um, what are they going to do at quarterback? What's your opinion on that one? I yeah, I don't know. I think it's Mac. Mac, Jones. I Mac think. Jones Let him battle it out again. I think it starts with Mac. I think it starts with Mac too. I just don't know but, what the leash is looking like. Oh, I think they. Personally, I think they've made it pretty clear that there's not too much of a leash okay. just from last season. Yeah. Unless something changes in the offseason, I I just think like they show they're not afraid to the bench Mac Jones. Okay. Cowboys acquired uh, Brandon Cooks yesterday. I thought that was a pretty good move by them. They needed some depth at receiver after they traded Amari Cooper last year. Uh, right. I was yeah. talking to Schneids about that move. It just seems like the Cooks and Gilmore move are kind of like oh yeah they signed Gilmore too a move to get their fans off their back kind of thing um but look at the names we have but but regardless I think both those guys are going to help for sure um they definitely need another weapon on the outside I mean CD's obviously a stud but Gallup is not it yeah Gallup doesn't pan out he doesn't he doesn't look the same he just doesn't I mean Mm -hmm. that's just a tough injury to come back from so I think that Gallup will definitely be better this year but I think Brandon Cook can definitely stretch the field for CD CD likes to work the middle a lot so uh, Adam Thielen signs with the Panthers. Uh, Do you hear him say on on McAfee that he, apparently he got a bunch of other offers and he thinks the Panthers can win the Super Bowl? Yeah, we were talking about that. We were watching it and it was like, um, yeah, it was just comical because he was like, you know, to me, I just wanted to be on a team that I think could win the Super Bowl. And I came on the Panthers and it's like, and then they also went into he's like, yeah, we have a golf simulator in our locker room <laughs> and like it's really sunny here and like. All right, you're like 32 and you got a three-year deal. Like, you don't like, you can't say it, but it's like the typical Pat. His next question was, "Do you know who's going to be your quarterback?" And he's like, <laughs> "I tried getting that information, but they wouldn't let me know." It's like, yeah, you pick the Panthers and win a Super Bowl, but you have no idea who's throwing you the ball. BS. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, I think they like he said that he's on like he has sort of like a say. Like he he made it sound like he they'll listen to him when it comes to like free agent or no, whatever. No chance. Like, there's no way they No, do. he's thirty two. No chance. <laughs> Give me a break. No uh Lions signed CJ Gardner Johnson. Love that move. It's pretty cheap. Too. A, it was a lot cheaper than I was expecting. It's a big W off season for the Lions. Yeah. And then Texans just made two moves today. Did you guys see that? Like within the last forty minutes. I didn't. Oh, they 40 minutes. signed Dalton Schultz. Oh, yeah, I saw that. And they also signed Devin Singletary. Really? Interesting. I didn't know that he was off the bills. They also made... Me neither. They made Laramie Tunsil the highest paid left tackle in the game. They did. They did. Don Schultz is a tough one for the Cowboys. Yeah. He did a lot for them. He did. He did. I... I They got Blake Jarwin now. I mean, that's their tight end. I think... I I was really high on Schultz going into last year. I thought he was going to be... He's Dak's safety yeah. blanket. I mean, he is. I mean, yeah. That's where Dak would go in short yardage or like first downs. He loves Schultz. Yeah, I, I think Schultz's good. I think he's also just. Um, I think his a lot of his success was sort of a product of his connection with Dak and Dak liking him. Sure. 
like you know he's no physical specimen like i don't think he's some like i don't think he's anything super special right. but um because a lot of teams just don't really use tight ends so the teams that do it's like wow they're really good tight end and it's like i just uh, think it'd be so weird fair. signing with a team when you have no clue who the quarterback is going to be <laughs> it doesn't make yeah. any sense like they just that's just got to be your most money option right i mean that's what it comes down to yeah same thing with Thielen. it's but like what why couldn't he wait until after the draft yeah i don't know like would that would they sign someone else? Is that the team? Is that leverage? what he's worried about? That too, yeah. Like well, that, that's the team leverage. Is like we're gonna sign somebody else, or the money might not be there if you want to wait. Yeah, the thing you know. Don't. I just I think that'd be so weird. Yeah, Schultz only signed a one year deal too. True, well, which there is there you go. Then the money things out of it. Yeah. All right, that's all the signings I got. Do we have any? Oh, I guess the the freaking Eagles. Say they're gonna release Darius Slay and then decide not to and re-sign it. <laughs> like that was so weird. Everyone was like, "Why are they releasing Darius Slay?" Like, I'm just kidding. We're gonna bring him back. I didn't think they were gonna be able to keep Slay and Bradbury. Me neither. I don't know how they did that. They let everybody else go. That's how. Yeah. Personally, I I would have wanted to keep one of them and then try to keep like Javon Hargrave or C.J. Gardner. C.J. Gardner Johnson was a one-year, eight million dollar deal. Yeah, yeah. and he's Pretty like sad. he's like 25. Dude, I, isn't he? Yeah, he was a lot younger. I thought he was like because I'd I'd heard his name before, and so I thought he was like a veteran. I was like, all right, they they have a bunch of it, but their D line is still super talented. Like Javon Hargrave is a great player. Right, they have plenty of depth on D line, and they got they still have Fletcher. They still got Brandon Graham. They got these old guys that are going to give them they're gonna things, give them good snaps. They've got but the really old guys that are all still they're just they keep signing like one year deals, right. and so like that can all fade away like in an off season. But yeah, the corners, man, it was interesting. That's probably I mean, it's, it's where they spent all their money. Kelsey wasn't cheap either. So, yeah, Kelsey was only a one year though, right? Right. Yeah, it was. Like yeah, fifteen million. The only the, the 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 crappy thing, I guess, it's good, I guess, for the NFL, but it's like we never know with these deals. Like the average money can say whatever it wants, and usually it's just completely wrong. Right. And so that's why, like, talking about it like we do gets really tough sometimes because right. we're just like, I yeah. yeah, this is what it says it is, but it could be a I don't know, it could be totally wrong. A good example that I saw today was um, someone on Twitter was talking about Laramie Tunsil's deal and how Trent Williams should cause an uproar at the Niners and want like a, a restructure or whatever. But like Trent's biggest cap hits are the next three years going forward now, and he gets most of the money now. Like the way it works out, it's just weird. But it's just like he's still getting more money than Laramie Tunsil, but because of the years and the void and all that, yeah, like it that, seems like he's not getting as much, right? Yeah, like the average salary might right. be like off, but like right. Trent's probably getting. 20 he's got a lot of money yeah, yeah. at least yeah I'm just so we and jack's totally right we have no idea what the what all when it all started with the saints with that Taysom hill deal yeah, like, yeah. at that yeah. point you were like man we cannot trust anything being reported because it's like these void years completely changed this whole thing it's it's weird yeah and there's just so many like made-up terms i feel like when it comes to contracts and they're like this is the deal like it's you know four years hundred million dollars and then it's like when you look at all the terms it's like all right it's three years with an optional fourth for like $10 million. And it's, and it's like, a signing right. bonus of this and a signing roster bonus, bonus and yeah. a contract and, extension. And it, and it seems like in the end, everybody's coming back to guaranteed money. And that's why, and that's yeah. how you know really how much a team really wants a guy is how much money they're giving guaranteed. Yeah. All right, boys, we ripped through a bunch of news there. And we did. Yeah. All sports, all sports news, baby. For real. Thanks. Shout out to them. Always delivering the content. Got anything else? I don't think so. I've had to yeah. pee for <laughs> 30 minutes. <laughs> So I'll wrap it up. This is fun. A little new setup for the boys, but that's nice. Yeah, yeah. real nice. Cool. All right, rock the church. Rock. <laughs> rock the church. <laughs>